By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. All right, a bit of a special edition with my good friend David Wiley from uh, the OZ. You can find him online at okanaganz.com and, of course, on Twitter at okanaganz. David, thank you so much for joining us as we review the uh, top five stories when it comes to cannabis, in our opinion, of 2020. Thanks so much for doing this. Hope you had a great Christmas. Yeah, it's awesome. Christmas is definitely one of my favorite holidays of the year, and uh, happy belated Christmas to you, too, and everyone listening. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I, as you can see, I still have the uh, Christmas decorations up. I want to keep celebrating during this uh, break in between. And uh, I noticed that uh, you wrote a really awesome poem at uh, the OZ, A Visit from St. Cannabis. I hope you did get a visit from St. Cannabis, but (laughs) that was really, really cool. So I think people, if they're you know, still wanting to celebrate a little bit more, they should go check out okanaganz.com and check out a visit from St. Cannabis. Very impressive stuff, man. Thanks. Oh, it's always fun to uh, to write a little bit of poetry here and there as well, along with all this, all this news stuff that we always discuss. Indeed. All right. Well, we did discuss a lot of great stories, some not so great stories and everything in between in 2020. And and that really sums up 2020. Uh, A lot of bad news, some good news and a lot of in between. And we figured we would kind of break down the, the top five stories that we saw from our vantage point when it comes to cannabis. And, uh, the, the number five story that we kind of settled on is that cannabis 2.0 products were everywhere and there was a lot of variety. You know, they really came to fruition. We had chocolates, gummies, teas, sparkling water, mints, powders, oh man, on and on. A veritable cornucopia of cannabis products from which to choose from. And, you know, this year, they really came to fruition, not a moment too soon. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic has also been dominating the news. And uh, some people have been feeling a little bit uncomfortable about smoking and vaping with this respiratory illness uh, that's been spreading around. And, you know, retailers, including uh, Unity Marguerite, who's in charge of procurement at the Village Bloomery in BC, have been saying that they've really been seeing an increase in uh, people using edibles and making different choices around their consumption. Now, that actually is uh, corroborated by the Canadian Cannabis Survey of 2020. It just came out from Statistics Canada. And that found that edibles in particular have really fast become popular. They're now the second most used form of cannabis among people who are partaking. Uh, Flour, of course, is still king, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Now, 
Stats Canada found that more than half of women who use cannabis have reported using edibles, and that's compared to 47% of men. Uh, when it comes to types of uh, types of 2.0 products, beverages, uh, to my surprise, have really not caught on. Uh, they're actually the least used uh, least used of the cannabis products for both men and women. And that's only at seven percent and five percent, respectively. You know, and uh, unfortunately, I think, and uh, you know, this is just being honest. The majority of the beverages I have tried have not tasted, uh, or have had a bad taste. I'm I'm not expecting a flavor sometimes, but when they say they're flavorless, it's not true because there is a taste, or they're they're you know they're maybe they're not flavorless, but they're not tasteless. So I I think the drinks have missed the mark because of the taste. Because you know, with the, with the chocolates, uh, if there's a little bit of cannabis uh, taste and and I haven't found any, you're hardly really getting it because it's quick. With a drink, you're you're not really shooting it as, you know, as as quick as you would eat a chocolate. So I think the drink, uh, maybe taste factor, but everything else, man, the amount of concentrates, David, that we have <laughs> access to is awesome. You know, I tried Shatter uh, before legalization and, and it wasn't very good. I tried the, some of the Shatter now. Uh, you know, there's a great company in, uh, in Red Deer, Stigma Grow, that makes a banana punch Shatter. I love it. It's great. The variety, the products, uh, and it's only getting better. And the, the drink technology is going to get there, but I just love the variety and the effectiveness. Uh, I mean, it is, um, you know, even even at the 10 milligram uh, limit with, with uh, edibles of as far as gummies and things like that, they're still really good. And, and, and I find a good effect. Uh, I haven't always had a good experience with edibles as far as potency, but I find uh, the stuff right now that I'm finding is good quality and it uh, it gets the job done. And and like I said, the variety of concentrates for people that are new to cannabis that might want to get into dabbing is pretty awesome too. And uh, the thing that I've been hearing with concentrates is that they're getting to be really good quality on the legal market. And, you know, some of my friends who have been using concentrates, dabbing particularly for a lot of years, are saying that the stuff that's coming on board now uh, is some of the best they've ever seen. So that's uh, that's a good sign. Indeed. And, and I think you brought up a really good point about, um, you know, with respiratory issues and concerns, um, the edibles that are out there are great. Um, you know, the drinks, uh, they're working on them. There's always been oils. But now we have these uh, sublingual strips that you put under the tongue. And I, I tried some a while ago. And that's, there you go. Somebody gets their medicine or whatever it is they're looking for without smoking, without drinking, without eating. So the products just get even better. I, I can't wait for 2021 to see what's going to start coming out next because there's a lot of these things that I didn't know about uh, pre-legalization uh, because I was basically just a flower guy from, you know, whatever, here's my $50, give me my cannabis. But <laughs> it really does allow you to explore the taste a lot more uh, when you're dabbing and, and certain things like that. So you get to understand a little bit more about the whole plant rather than just the getting high part. Yeah, that's a great point too. And there are a lot of people also who just uh, would prefer to do something other than smoking. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, gummies or chocolates or drinks or whatever else is a really great alternative for those for those folks. Yeah, indeed. Uh, OK, one of the uh, big stories of 2020, unfortunately, was one uh, that is not a good story. And that is the amount of layoffs that happened. We just talked last week on episode 78 
about the Aurora layoffs. Well, Canopy Growth having layoffs, you know, there, there, there was a lot of the big name companies that unfortunately could not escape this. And, you know, whether you call it uh, downsizing, right-sizing, restructuring, um, the layoffs, and then at the tail end, the, the very big merger. But uh, this was a big story this year, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a bad year to work for a licensed cannabis producer. Hundreds of people, thousands really, lost their jobs this year at major LPs uh, as cannabis growers really bled money and tried to limit that damage by shutting down their production facilities or restructuring or shedding employees. And as you mentioned, it was often done under the awful phrase that I hate called right-sizing. Um, you know, basically companies grew too big too fast and uh and now the people who work for them suffered for it uh aurora laid off 200 people in december at their flagship sky facility in edmonton the capacity there's going to be cut to 25 percent um you know aurora's also indefinitely paused operations at their medicine hat uh facility in june that company laid off 700 people as it ceased operations at five facilities in saskatchewan ontario alberta quebec and consolidated operations in other provinces. And, you know, it's not just Aurora. Meanwhile, Canopy Growth announced in December the closure of five sites across Canada, laying off 220 people. Uh, in March, Canopy had unveiled what it called a production optimization plan, speaking of awful phrases. <laughs> and, you know, that blueprint included the closure of two greenhouse facilities in Aldergrove and Delta, BC, and that sent 500 people into unemployment. And May, Canopy further scaled back, laying off another 200 people in Canada, the US, the UK. Um, you know, like you mentioned, it wasn't all doom and gloom. There were some pretty major deals, and particularly the Tilray and Afria merger um, that was just announced. So their, their plan to merge in a deal that's valued at $4 billion uh, could close in the second quarter of 2021. And that's going to create a massive company uh, that's going to, you know, command, they already command 17% of market share in Canada. So that's something that we're going to look to as 2021 rolls in. A lot more of these deals is my prediction and that cannabis companies are going to consolidate to compete in what's really an increasingly large global cannabis market. Yeah, uh, too big, too fast for some of these places. And, you know, when you're getting down to 25% capacity of a massive facility, um, it's 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 just so sad. Meanwhile, you have a lot of people out there that went slow and small and, and maybe have stayed small, but are, you know, like uh, steady wins the race, the tortoise and the hare, right? So this is kind of an example of, of that. And, you know, we, we should make sure, as you mentioned, pointing out the, the big news merger, which is going to lead uh, to more. Um, I don't know if that's always a great thing uh, when companies merge. Uh, and then, you know, you, you look at uh, in AFRIA and, and, and this merger talking about wanting 30% of the market share. It's a really lofty goal. So change is inevitable, especially in the first few years of something, right? Like the people that started this are not obviously there now. And uh, within the first couple of years of a brand new industry, there is going to be all sorts of stuff like this until maybe things settle out and, 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 and kind of continue on. But 
the layoffs is the big concern moving forward in 2021. You know, let's hope that everybody has done their restructuring and they've got it figured out now because I don't know what the next word or trend buzzword is going to be next year if these rounds of layoffs continue for different companies. You know, it's it's been really amazing talking to some of the smaller producers um, that are avoiding these kinds of layoffs just simply by trying to start smaller and, you know, providing for the folks who are, uh, they're finding are willing to buy their product. Um, you know, planting hundreds of thousands of square feet of plants and then just crossing your fingers and hoping that people are going to buy it, that there's going to be a market there is a failed strategy and one that hopefully other countries are going to learn from as we move forward. Yeah, 100% for sure. Well, uh, something that was really good news and in your neck of the woods, and you know this story comes straight off the OZ, the biggest outdoor legal cannabis harvest ever in the world. Man, uh, what, a, what a great story from 2020 when there was a lot of doom and gloom to have a Canadian company. And, and I've been saying this for a while. We can become the legal Amsterdam. Canada can be the cool place for cannabis. And now we can be record setting. It already is a cool place for cannabis. <laughs> and it's- this company is called Speakeasy, and they harvested 60 acres of plants this fall at their operation in Rock Creek. It's located pretty close to the U.S. border uh, in a just a beautiful place to grow. And Speakeasy founder Mark Gein, he's said that the previous record was 40 acres in Colorado uh, and that the weather this year was perfect for growing cannabis. There's just plenty of blue sky and hot weather, no rain for 65 days, just allowing those plants to flower. And he said that it's almost indescribable what it's like to stand in the middle of 60 acres of blooming, fragrant cannabis plants. And when I talked to him, I got to tour the facility. He said that uh, he, as things were just in full bloom, he was going around and inspecting the plants as you do. And part of that inspection is that you you take the flower and you put it just right up to your nose, take a big a big inhale so that you can really take in that pungent aroma and, and, and experience the quality. He said 10 plants into this that he could stick his pen to the tip of his nose and it would actually just hang there all on its own. <laughs> so absolutely unbelievable. Um, now they've moved into the production side. So they've yielded more than 72,000 kilograms of flour and biomass. And that's going to be packaged as flour, as pre-rolls. And they have also, uh, they also have the capacity at their production facility to create extracts. Um, you know, Gein actually comes from a long line of farmers. He's fourth generation. And actually, that family is very well known throughout the Okanagan Valley for their work in agriculture. And one of the things that he found from his years of growing fruit, uh, you know, cherries, for example, or ginseng, was that the farmer is always the lowest person in the pecking order. And they receive so little when it comes to um, 
profits or revenues from doing the growing, really the heavy lifting. So he wanted to learn from that and said that Speakeasy was envisioned as a company where they would not only farm, uh, but they would also produce their own product um, so that they wouldn't be left behind. And I think that's a great strategy. I'm really interested to see what they're going to put out as far as flower goes, because outdoor cannabis has always had a perception that you just can't grow it as well outside as you can indoors. And I tell you, some of the plants that they were growing there are massive and absolutely beautiful. So I'm really curious to see uh, what it looks like when, you know, we're we're uh, shaking it out of a container. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it all depends on climate, right? Where you live, like, you know, yeah. outdoor growing in the Edmonton area, probably not going to be that great. You know, you go farther north where the, the days are so long. Uh, up by the high level areas, you know, you're getting almost 24 hours of daylight for a little while. But you know, in in your neck of the woods, or you know, you look down like Acapulco Gold is a, is a prime example of growing in the mountains, or you know, what good buds uh, they go out some outdoor grows. So it all depends on your climate, and it's awesome. And and I just wonder how amazing would it be for Speakeasy to be able to advertise that the bud you're smoking or you're about to buy was part of the the biggest harvest in the world, if only. <laughs> the cannabis act would allow them to let people know that in some fashion but like that is a great selling point to say to people this is world record weed as far as the the biggest harvest and look how great the quality is and i think that it's only going to get bigger from here and which is great because one of the trends moving forward is sustainability Mm -hmm. and when you're when you're comparing using the the power of the sun versus you know, electricity to power uh, t- thousands upon thousands of lights. There really is some sustainability and energy saving there. Um, so, yeah, really neat. There's a lot of outdoor growers, not only in BC, but also in other provinces. And I'm curious to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, the power of the sun, uh, the rain, uh, you just use uh, everything. Uh, that Mother Nature has given us at, at her disposal. So, okay, that was a really Bet. good news story. And uh, this next one, I think, is really great as well. And that is the world is starting to come around. Uh, we've talked about Israel. Uh, we've talked about Mexico whenever they get around it. Thailand is working towards it. Uh, and then what happened in the U.S. election was uh, it, it was basically Le- the, the LeBron James dunk and it's over as far as the world gets. <laughs> getting on board with cannabis because you know let's you know whether you like it or not the US does set a lot of trends and a lot of global patterns and uh, them getting on the cannabis train in a lot of different states really made a lot of people take notice it's it's spreading that's what's happening uh, you know cannabis is growing around the world and this year it gained even more momentum uh, like you said Israel has laid out a roadmap to legalize recreational cannabis within a year uh, they already have me- medical system there. Mexico is working on its own plan to legalize, though that's been delayed a little bit. So it's always starts and stops. Uh, the U.S. election saw four more states legalize uh, through their own referendums, New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, South Dakota. That makes a total of 15 states that are going to allow legal adult recreational use of cannabis. And another big development in, in the states, of course, was that uh, President-elect Joe Biden um, is going to be moving into the White House in January. And from what he's been saying, 
and Kamal Harris that uh, you know federal changes are on the horizon. So that's going to uh, that's going to mean a shakeup as well. And I think that Europe also is a less talked about. But those familiar with the global market have told me that Europe right now is sitting where Canada was about five years ago and to expect some big changes overseas over the next few years. So that's actually really clear from the investment that many major cannabis companies in Canada are making in the EU. So boy, oh boy, it's going to be a big industry and um, you know, Canada is really well positioned right now, so I'd like to see that continue on. Well, and let's not forget what the UN did uh, late in the year as well as, you know, taking uh, cannabis off of a list that that also included things like heroin. And so finally distinguishing the difference between cannabis and heroin. Oh, it's it's finally pointed out for me that there's a there's a difference. But in, in tongue in cheek, that was a big move. Um, you know, the, 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 the Britain and, and some of these European countries voted in favor of it. That tells you that maybe they're leaning towards it. And, you know, the other thing is when you talk about some of those countries being where Canada is five years ago, I don't expect it takes them five years to get to where cannabis was two years ago. I mean, we basically have the, uh, the, the blueprint for how it's done in, in, a, in a kind of a nation like this. So there's no reason to believe that they can't kind of expedite that a little bit and do it even better. Now, the thing that we've talked about quite often is we've had this two-year head start. All these com- countries are starting to join the race what is Canada going to do to stay on top of the legal cannabis market in, 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 you know, worldwide? That has to be the question we need to be asking in our country right now, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And that does mean some changes when it comes to legislation. Right now, we're in the midst of a review in our country. Um, Health Canada is undertaking a review of the Cannabis Act and some of the changes that might basically help the industry to thrive, um, to keep it safe, of course, and whatnot. So it's going to be a big year um, for the direction that Canada sets. And that's going to be very important. I think what you mentioned about the uh, accelerated timeline uh, is really fascinating. And I can see that too. There are really only two countries right now. I mean, Canada and Uruguay who have legalized recreationally and Canada has really set the roadmap. So it's, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting for other countries and there are a lot of eyes on what we're doing here. Um, and I definitely expect to see uh, other countries follow our lead and hopefully with changes that come about in the next year, um, that we're, we're really going to show the path forward needs to be a little bit more lenient right now in Canada. We're really treating cannabis in the same way that we treat tobacco. And that's, uh, an unfair comparison. And a lot of people have made the argument that cannabis here in Canada should be treated a lot more like alcohol. Um, and you know, I, I think so too, that we need to open it up and be a little bit, a little bit more lenient with what, uh, companies can do. 
yeah, it's it's recreational cannabis, as they've clearly pointed out. Then put it on the same level playing field as other legal intoxicants out there, and and you know let see see what happens when people get equal choice of uh, their advertisements and things like that, and uh, you know awareness uh, when it comes to that. Okay, so we've uh, done four stories so far: cannabis 2.0 products becoming awesome and everywhere uh layoffs restructuring and mergers unfortunately uh the biggest outdoor legal harvest in your backyard with speakeasy and the world coming around as the cannabis wheel starts to turn so the number one story that we came to and and i think that this is just uh uh you know such a big story is that cannabis you know at one point was illegal and this year with COVID was deemed essential. And this was uh, definitely a major story. And not just in Canada either, but in the U.S. as well. It is, it's really hard to overlook the importance of what happened this year. You know, in less than two years, cannabis went from illegal to indispensable. And COVID-19 forced lockdowns and closures across the country, uh, Provinces in Canada all over listed cannabis retail and production among essential businesses. And the federal government, meanwhile, deemed medical cannabis production essential. And that was a designation that really helped provinces and municipalities in their own decision making about what was essential versus non-essential businesses. You know, as the pandemic wore on, too, we also saw the numerous provinces ease those tight restrictions. In BC, for example, retailers were allowed to sell recreational cannabis through their websites, um, though customers still had to come into the store to pick it up. And as you mentioned, similarly, jurisdictions all over legal states in the U.S. also declared cannabis essential. Um, You know, companies in the cannabis sector proved to be essential in more ways than one. Health Canada at one point during the pandemic actually asked cannabis laboratories to shift into providing testing services that were needed in the fight against the spread of the coronavirus. And that included testing sanitizers and disinfectants because there was a shortage and all kinds of different products came onto the market. Health Canada just couldn't keep up to make sure that these products were safe. So who comes in? These laboratories that have been set up in order to ensure that cannabis is safe. Um, You know, they, they also proved to be good neighbors. And I think that that was something that was really important that companies that were producing uh, came forward to help when frontline health workers here were facing a critical shortage in personal protective gear, uh, like masks and gloves. Uh, Some of the cannabis producers actually offered their own stock to make sure that everyone had what they needed. Well, and I I think that uh, a a lot of stuff has been proven in the last two plus years that there's no riots and burning buildings and (laughs) reefer madness hasn't happened because Canada has legalized cannabis. Although, you know, if you if you listen to what Peter McKay has to say, it's been awful. Um, But, you know, like that's one of the things that people have had to to realize. And then during COVID, they're realizing, oh there is a lot more people that are relying or that are using this as medicine or what it might be than I actually thought. So I think, 
you know, unfortunately, COVID has has opened uh, a lot of eyes. Um, and, and the other thing that legalization has brought that that we've talked about is the research. And you know, they're starting to studies are starting to come out, whether it's CBD or THC or whatever it might be. The work is being done. Uh, so it went from illegal to essential to being highly researched, which is just amazing. And that's where that wheel of cannabis keeps turning. And the research that's been done is amazing and eye-opening. I, I think about those two researchers in Alberta who found that um, that certain cannabinoids might actually act as gatekeepers and prevent COVID-19 from coming into the, into the body. Um, so, you know, just the medicinal properties of cannabis is unbelievable. Um, Canopy Growth commissioned a big study that found that CBD may actually increase lifespan. And we've seen a lot of new research into cannabis use uh, among indigenous uh, and also underrepresented populations, including, um, you know, LGBTQ, um, senior populations, immigrants and refugees. So we're really starting to uh, get more information about this wonderful plant uh, that we love so much. Yeah, it's uh, it, I've always said this. I love the fact that legalization allows me to go to the store uh, buy a joint, come home, smoke it without my neighbor calling the cops on me. That's awesome, you know. Uh, but that, as, as as great as that is right now, the biggest benefit to legalization is going to be the research into this plant that, you know, has been going on. But there are some doctors that need it uh, in that book that they go from. And it's going to get there because uh, uh, legal to essential to research. And, and that's the that's the path to opening up this plant for so many people, the amount of cannabinoids that we're going to find out about and not just CBD and THC. There's going to be so much more and, you know, how terpenes play in. I mean, just, uh, there, there's, a, there's a long road to go, but uh, it'll be an enjoyable one because we're going to learn so much on the way because of that research and how it's going to be able to help so many different people. That, that's the thing that people, I think, get kind of misguided about with cannabis is they think, well, how can, how can one plant do so many different things? Well, because there's so many different compounds within that plant that work together to do certain things. And, and, you know, that's the, that's the biggest benefit I think from, from everything about legalization. Yeah, I agree. And the normalization that's been taking place, particularly over the last year has been awesome to see, you know, we're, we're talking about cannabis. It's in the news. Um, you know, we see it in our communities and people who are working in the cannabis industry don't have to hide in the shadows anymore. You know, we are uh, part of part of the fabric of society and part of the fabric of industry. And that's the way it should be uh, moving forward, I'd say, all around the world. And thankfully, the world is coming to see that that's the way it should be. Indeed. Well, and one of the ways we can end the stigma is keep talking about it. And uh, I'm so yeah. grateful that you join me every week for this show. I, I've I've joked that 2020 has sucked for a lot of things, but the two things that haven't sucked is the growth of this show because it's been um, really, really amazing. And, and you're a big part of that. And the LA Dodgers winning the World Series was pretty good for me as well. But <laughs> the fact that this show has grown uh, like a weed, pardon the pun, uh, is, uh, is a big part of uh, what you do with us so i really appreciate you being a part of this show this last year has been crazy and hopefully 2021 takes us to even 
higher levels. So thank you so much and happy new year, David. Thank you and to you as well.